0: Welcome to Earth Matters, bringing you environment and social justice stories. Today's story was produced on the lands of the Ngunnawal and Ngambri, the Canberra region, and also the UN Nation around the south coast, for Community Radio 3CR in Melbourne, Nam Wurundjeri country, and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm Beck Horridge. May 1st. International Workers' Day was a bright, sunshiny day in Batemans Bay, New South Wales. The knitting nanas, south coast were outside the forestry headquarters in Batemans Bay again, with plenty of banners and signs saying, Listen to your nanas. Pine plantations equals local sawmilling and wood manufacturing jobs. No export wood chips. We are not a third world country, are we? Saving forests is climate action. I was ready to listen to my nanas and wanted to know more.
1: Hi Beck, my name's G. I'm from the south coast of New South Wales and I would like to see an end to native forest logging. I believe it's an environmentally destructive practice. It is bad for not only the environment but it's also being subsidised by taxpayers. So I would like to see it being replaced by plantation timber, and let's leave our native forests alone. I think all our native species, including some critically endangered ones, are quite dependent on our native forests. I'm thinking uh, swift parrots, endangered species such as gangangs and glossies. There are animal species, the gliders, greater gliders and yellow-bellied gliders, all dependent on our native forests. And when the log trucks go in there, they destroy so much of it. They dry out the forest floor, which of course then leaves it more prone to bushfires later on and just destroy the look of it as well, which also affects our nature-based tourist industries. So I believe we should be rapidly transitioning out of native forest logging and getting into plantation timber. And there have been several reports and lots of evidence produced to show that financially we would be better off in New South Wales without this destructive industry that is being heavily subsidised by taxpayers. And not just written by university people and forest conservationists, but I noticed that there was a report by a quite conservative think tank came out the other day called the Blueprint Institute, and two of their recommendations were that we should cease subsidising Forestry Court New South Wales straight away, and also we should be getting out of native forest logging. Now, this report was done on the forests in northern New South Wales, but I do believe that it is just as meaningful for southern New South Wales forestry as well. So let's see an end to this destructive industry. The writing is on the wall. We should not be damaging our native forests. We should be preserving them for our plants, animals, future generations, as a carbon sink, they produce moisture, keep the environment stable. One of our greatest, greatest allies in climate change mitigation are our native forests. So let's just keep them where they are stop destroying them and look at the economic environmental and health and well-being benefits that we could get if we just left them in the ground
0: gee you're here with the knitting nanners outside forestry in Bateman's bay asking them to see that the writing's on the wall to stop native forest logging in new south wales both north and south knitting nanners so as an older person What's your perspective on what's happening to our environment and society? What would you have to say to a younger person or a younger you about these issues?
1: I'd say to a younger person, I'm sorry that my generation and those before us have made such bad decisions when it comes to the environment, and one of those is that we are still logging the native forests. I would like my grandchildren to grow up surrounded by just the incredible beauty and biodiversity I see when I go for walks through my native forest. I would like to be able to take my grandsons through the forest, through beautiful pristine forests and just experience what it's like to be out there and enjoying it. I think our generation really need to now sit up and start to be part of the solution. We're going to have to ask the young people, and from what I can see, a lot of young people are already growing up with the fact that there's some enormous changes happening on this planet. They're growing up with things like extreme weather events, bushfires, flooding, a pandemic, lots and lots of really difficult challenges for them to overcome or to help to be a part of the solution caused by our changing climate, which is caused by people, our man-made climate change. So I would say to them, one, enjoy what you've got, be a part of the solution, start making a lot of noise.
0: The cockatoos were calling in agreement. I talked to Lynn next. I'm here with Lynn, a knitting nana, and I'm going to ask Lynn to describe where we are and what's happening. Oh, well,
2: we're outside forestry. And we're just trying to keep the pulse going of our feelings that the forest is being destroyed constantly just for the sake of a few dollars. They're taxpayer-funded organisation and, you know, saves the planet,
0: basically. Lynn Tell me a little bit about your life and the forest and how this issue is built up for you. I'm from Mogo
2: and I've always loved bushwalking and then the forestry came and decided to start logging and I've spoken to previous loggers and I wasn't too bad with that they didn't actually destroy the forest but now with all their machines they just bulldozed everything and I had a beautiful Two huge two-meter spotted gums, which were in the creek, that they took down. They only took about ten foot of the trunk and left the rest of the tree, which both of those trees towered above the rest of the forest. And um, I just saw them destroyed. And they took away a whole, almost like a rainforest on the side of the hill, and they left it totally devoid of trees. And and then we had the fires and it's just really, I've seen the destruction of everything that I loved walking in, that I loved looking at. And I'm just looking at the whole climate action thing happening as well. And uh, I suppose it just rolled on from there.
0: lynn you, you're sitting there on a wheelie walker. On Earth Matters, we're interested about disability and the environment movement. Do you ever feel excluded from the environment movement because you don't have top-notch mobility? Oh,
2: a lot of it's accessibility. If you're going to go up the bush and um, you've got to go down dirt tracks and stuff like that, that's when it's hard. And uh, I've actually had people help me a lot with that. I've been on a couple of protests and that. But on the last one, it was very awkward for everyone. So I did my own little protest on the side of the highway with signs and they texted me backwards and forwards. It's hard for other people who are able-bodied; they've got so much to do. But I have found that they've been helpful for me to do that. I felt included, so, and I can do signs and stuff like that. I like painting signs, and I can sit and you know collect our signatures. I think everybody's participation is important, and we have a local group here, Mogo Friends of the Forest. And I'm not a good organizer, but they have an excellent organisation team, especially Joss van der Moulen and she organises a lot of wonderful stuff, protests and sending out media releases and just keep the ball rolling. And I find that very helpful for me because I'm not a great organiser. So I really like to have someone, you know, give me direction.
0: We're always told if you're concerned, it's good to work with other people in a group. And the Knitting Nanners is now nationwide It's an Australian homegrown brand. Have you been
2: a nana for long? I'm a recent nana, a great organisation of just women. Our thing is we knit, we protest and we also vote. There's no other agenda. I think they were originally, they were told to uh, go and make the tea so they thought bugger that and off they went and made their own protest group which is pretty fantastic really. So great bunch of people. Thanks Lynn for
3: talking to Earth Matters. Hello, I'm Colleen, Colleen Turner, and I, two years ago, retired to the south coast of New South Wales from Melbourne, and I came because my house didn't burn down. It almost did. The water tank, the 10,000 litre water tank, melted to a little green splodge, and five houses in the cul-de-sac where I lived burnt down to the ground, and several, only two or three have been replaced since then, since two years ago. I thought, well, I've been planning this for years and I should do it now, really, since it did burn now. And since I've been here, really, I've got a lot more involved in climate activism, greens movements, that sort of stuff. And there's some of that here, but not as much as in my inner city Melbourne life. So for comparison, I was in Melbourne visiting family and friends when the Victorian election was on and... The seat of Northcott was called as a green seat, but was not in the end, didn't actually make it quite quite across the line, but probably next time it will. Whereas here in a shire where a third of the whole very large shire is native forest of one sort or another, National Park or Marine Park or State Forest, there's only 40 people in the whole of the greens. So there's plenty of work to be done here, making the beautiful, beautiful South Coast greener and getting more people on board to, to save that. There are quite a few people who are keen but don't know where to start, and I guess I'm one of those two.
0: Oh, yeah, so you're here with the knitting nanas, which by indication is the more mature end of the age demographic. How does age and how does being a knitting nana, give you perspective
3: Ah, uh, I think because I'm new around here, I'm joining as many things as I can, and the greens have been the most welcoming of the groups that I've you know joined up with and have been the most encouraging so it's like finding my tribe down here and as I said, it's interesting there aren't as many active greens as you would think here, and there are not many young active greens, which is different from what I was talking about before where in Northcote there's a huge pile of those and there's Extinction Rebellion, a very active Extinction Rebellion. None of that much here but a very dedicated, strong, firm collection of Greens who've been around for a while now and are gradually, gradually having some impact and that's really good to see and it's good to see that we're able to, I guess, I'll mentor some of the younger ones and join up with people with like-minded interests. So, for example, a couple of the Indigenous groups have joined up and had conversations with us both formally and informally and that's been really good and interesting. Um, And hopefully it's a kind of growing movement. I've said, you know, we should be targeting younger people but it's hard to see exactly how to do that. It's a surprisingly socially conservative environment that I find myself in here. I take issue with the conservatives who say, oh, well, it's only latte-sipping people who are interested in green issues because when you're here in the regions, if you like, then it's right up in your face and you can see how many beautiful things there are and how they don't look fragile, you know, Huge big trees don't look fragile until somebody comes and cuts them down without a moment's notice, and then you see how fragile the whole environment are.
0: You know, we're all born into this industrial capitalist world. We get to live our time span here. I asked my mum in her 80s, mum, what's the meaning of life? And she said, I don't know. Bless her (laughs) mum. How do you view the conquest of nature and what's happening to the natural world and our relationship to it ah uh, look i think
3: human beings are effectively a very large species of rat and we are we are kind of feral animals who've taken over the world and this is not a great thing we have clearly destroyed most or much of the the natural order of things there are just too many of us and I say that as somebody who had one child. It's it's not as simple as that and everybody knows that. I think that um, the purpose of what I'm trying to do now is restore some balance and in the tiny ways that I can manage that. And they are, you know, coming out on a nice morning and sitting with a group of lovely ladies, knitting and um, protesting on the side of the road. Encouraging all my friends to be as green as possible in the thousands of different ways. That that is possible but also still conflicted. Well so I don't know what the meaning of life is, but I guess it's um leave only footprints, take only photos.
0: Thank you to Colleen, Lynn and G and all the other nanas around the country. There are now forty knitting nanas loops in Australia. Find their webpage at knittingnanners.com. You're with Earth Matters, bringing you environment and social justice stories broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Across these First Nations lands that were never ceded. You may be familiar with the wonderful songs of Judy Small. Born in Coffs Harbour and known for her feminist, patriotic and political songs, Here's her anthem, You Don't Speak For Me, sung by Amy Williamson from the Festival Folk Sing Judy Small Album.
4: You who scribble on walls with your minuscule minds You who make midnight calls, you who rattle my blinds The violence you preach is the chorus Call yourselves patriots, swastika style. You feed on the fear of the ignorant child. There's no love of nation or people or land in the hatred behind your smile. You don't speak for me. No, you don't speak for me. I've seen where you come from, I've seen where. That grows from your seed You stir up the hatred Till something explodes But you don't speak for me You who slaughter free creatures And then call it sport You proudly display The corpses you've caught You talk about freedom And rights and control But you don't speak for me You who poison the airwaves with Genghis Khan be. You broadcast your bias and you call it the news. You say that you speak for the millions out there and deny that you're lying.
0: Amy Williamson singing Judy Small's You Don't Speak For Me. On July 1st, the New South Wales Treasurer will provide their statement of corporate intent for Forestry New South Wales for the next financial year. The Bob Brown Foundation has organised a petition calling on the New South Wales Treasurer to stop prolonging the inevitable and to support a rapid and ambitious end to native forest logging, and have it outlined in their next statement of corporate intent. To sign the petition, you can find all the links on the show homepage at 3cr.org.au forward slash earthmatters. Next, Earth Matters was outside the Japanese Embassy in Canberra, with the Canberra Nanas and other climate action and forest defence groups calling for Japan to revise its proposed strategy for green energy Saying that Japan's green strategy means burning more forests, coal, and gas. I spoke with Annie Close and Judith Byrne.
5: Hi, my name's Annie Close, and I'm part of Move Beyond Coal in Canberra. We were outside the Japanese embassy this morning calling on the Japanese government to please think again about their fairly new strategy, which is called Green Transition Strategy. What this means is using their coal-fired power stations to burn gas and forest products in other words forests that's the that's the dilemma so there were people there this morning from different groups from climate and forest groups and we're really saying come on japan you've been a leader in the past we all remember that the kyoto protocol was signed in japan 25 years ago big milestone in international climate activity and we want to ask Japan to really rethink. Now, because Japan is hosting the G7, it's going to have a big influence over those proceedings. And by calling this particular method of generating electricity green is really sending the wrong message, and it's not true. The other issue that is concerning for us is that Japan is a big player in Asia in terms of investing in fossil fuels or investing in energy, really. But unfortunately, a lot of that is in fossil fuel energy. So the poorer countries are, of course, keen to develop their own energy supplies. And it's really unfortunate that it's it's gas and coal and chopping down forests that is being seen as the way forward. Now, we all know we have to transition to renewable energy as soon as possible. We'd really be so impressed if Japan was to provide the leadership in Asia by focusing really strongly on that. On you know looking at renewable supplies for their own country and for their investments. Now we acknowledge that <laughs> it must have been hard for Japan when the Fukushima power station was taken out. That was a big um, you know blow to nuclear energy in Japan. And regardless of how you feel about that, the issue is that they had to find another source, and they have been importing huge amounts of gas from Australia. So a lot of the gas projects in Australia have been driven by Japan's need for new energy. And the other issue, the reason we were there this morning, was really to talk about this real concern about biomass being labelled as green. Now Judy's here from the Canberra Forest Alliance and she knows an awful lot more about this than me, so I might hand over to her at this point to talk more about that side of the protest this morning.
0: Annie, thanks for talking with Earth Matters.
6: Hello, my name's I'm from the Canberra Forest Alliance. And I just want to clarify why biomass is such a, a dangerous issue. The reasons being, and he has spoken about quite a few of them, but because burning wood for energy or heat is highly emissive, it uh, releases more CO2 or an equivalent amount of CO2 as coal. So it's not helping there. It's... Uh, not carbon neutral. And trees are the best carbon capture and storage devices known to humankind. So chopping them down prevents all of that CO2 being sucked out of the atmosphere. The other important issue is that it's not waste that's converted to biomass. These are whole logs. It's much more economic for them to load the big logs onto trucks rather than carry away the branches and the leaves and so on. So that's a, uh, a misconception. It's also unsustainable. The process of getting the, the wood chips that are converted into biomass is uh, very uneconomic It has to be subsidised by the federal and state governments. It also, of course, destroys biodiversity. Many animals, as everyone knows, are facing extinction. And uh, continuing on with this industrial scale logging just perpetuates the decline of so many species. Last point is that it displaces genuinely clean, renewable energy technologies. It's not a solution to the fossil fuel problem. It's basically greenwashing, and so it would be fantastic if Australia and Japan would walk away from pretending that it is a useful alternative to fossil fuels.
0: Just uh, a few days ago, I was down outside the Batemans Bay Forestry with a new group Knitting Nana's South Coast, giving forestry trouble and embarrassing them with media about the actions of the Forestry Corporation in New South Wales. One of the things I was asking some of the knitting nanas is, is if you had some advice for younger people, do either of you have pearls of wisdom for people who are younger than yourselves?
6: Definitely get involved, find out what's going on in terms of forest stuff or climate action stuff and get involved. It's great to be doing something and it's, it's great for your mental health and it's hopefully highly
5: effective.
0: Annie, do you have any pearls of wisdom for (laughs) the younger people?
5: I don't know if they're pearls of wisdom, but both Judy and I have grandchildren, so that's a huge driver for knitting nanas around the country. We're really, really worried about kids and grandkids. I think to the young ones, look, just, I guess, know that there are a lot of older people who are actually really concerned, and we are trying to do what we can. As Judy said, get involved, find something you can do that makes a contribution because there are hundreds of thousands of people all around the world doing stuff on climate. You know, it's a huge global movement and there's a place for everybody, you know, regardless of what it is that you're good at or you want to do, find the thing that works for you and get involved to just, you know, for your own mental health and also for the planet.
0: Thanks, Annie. And thank you, Judith, for talking to Earth Matters. Very welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. You've been listening to Earth Matters. This edition was produced for Radio 3CR in Melbourne, on Wiradjuri country, and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Federation for their generous financial support. And if you'd like to get in touch with Earth Matters team, you can email us at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page on Earth Matters 3CR Radio or follow us on Twitter at Radio. If you'd like to listen to or share editions of Earth Matters, you can find this and all the Earth Matters podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash earthmatters. The Earth Matters team will be back next week with more environmental and social justice stories from all over this beautiful blue planet. I'm Beck Horridge. Yes, more! Amy Williamson singing Judy Small.
4: Intolerance, hatred, division and strife You don't speak for me for You who march in your hundreds and thousands for peace you who work for political prisoners release You fight the injustice of women ignored You speak for me You who combat apartheid wherever it's seen You who struggle to keep the unique force green You who fight for the rights of people in chains You speak for me for me.